You're listening to the Dropouts Podcast. Here are your hosts, JT and Hunter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Dropouts. This is our podcast. I am Hunter. I am joined by the one and only Mr. JT. Say hello to the people. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Good deal. Statman's in the house today. Statman, I know my stats. He knows his stats, and we're going to talk some today, I hope. Got a great show for you today, folks. Sorry we had a little bit of a layoff. Took some time off. Had spring break. I went on a little uh, vacay with the family. Everybody, to, everybody needs vacay, man. Yeah, man. Went down to Orlando. This is brag about vacation. UCF country. Here. You know, and I saw absolute zero UCF fans down there. It was wild. It was weird. Wow. Yeah. Really? No, I, of course, I wasn't paying attention either. Also dealt with a small <laughs> illness. So we're back, though, and sorry for the layoff. Appreciate you guys being patient. Glad you're back, man. Glad you're feeling better. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling much better. Appreciate it. Glad to be back in the saddle here doing the podcast. We miss doing it. We've been talking about it. A lot has happened in between the last episode, episode three, and this episode, episode number four. So we're just going to get right into it as we uh, kind of just clear the air here at first at the top of the program. Um, again, thank you for listening. Appreciate your patience. Sorry we've been away for so long. We'll try not to have so much of a layoff in between this episode and episode five. Uh, real quick, social media. Find us on Twitter. Follow us. Find us on Facebook, like our page, leave us some comments, tell us how we're doing, whether you like us or not. We want to know either way. Want to hear your want to hear your feedback? We definitely. want it. Give it to us, absolutely. Uh, spring is in the air, JT. It is. Sat man. It is. Nice, cool, crisp mornings down here in South Georgia. Warms up to about mid eighties. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to get outside and start working on them outside projects with landscaping. Or play lots of golf. Or play lots of golf. I prefer the golf, which mm-hmm. is why. If I have a landscaping project I need completed, I call the professionals at JD's Landscaping and Irrigation. That is who is bringing you this episode number four today, Mr. Trey Heath. Give him a call, 912-271-6320. If you have any kind of project that deals with your yard, they can do it. You need some irrigation done, they can do it. Need some sod, they can do it. Got a flower bed that needs spruced up, need some color, JD's Landscaping and Irrigation can do it. Or do you just want some more time with your family and don't have to worry about cutting your grass? Call JD's Landscaping and Irrigation. They'll take care of you. Full meal deal. Thank you to Trey Heath and JD's for being a sponsor of the Dropouts Podcast. You will be the talk of the neighborhood. Yes, you will. All right. We got to go back just a little bit because I got to give JD some mad props here for a pretty bold prediction that he made during college basketball, during March Madness. We I'll, all picked our Cinderella's. I was chastised by this. You were chastised by Statman. Yes, I was. I was confused, I'll admit. It wasn't, ch- it wasn't chastising <laughs> so much. It was just Texas Tech was the number three seed. I don't think they were a Cinderella team, personally. I, and that was my logic, too. Maybe maybe not a Cinderella, but who, I mean, who in their right mind gave them an opportunity? Who gave them a chance? And that's why I say, you know what? Okay, that that's the whole concept behind Cinderella stories, even though I think there were better ones. 
at the time. But you still picked one that, in all likelihood, really not many people were paying attention to that wasn't a Red Raider fan. No, I think it shocked the nation. It, it did. really did. It really did. They don't win the national championship, but they do go to the final. And it was a good final. It was. And I don't know if you guys remember, it wasn't my final pick. It wasn't my lock pick to win the national championship. But y'all remember when we were talking about it, kind of leading up to it, I said Virginia might just win it all. I should have stuck with it. I didn't because I don't have a spine, apparently. Well, there was was some crucial moments there that, uh, you know, some non-calls and whatnot uh, that could have possibly put them out, should have put them out. Um, but you know, hey, yeah, you know, if the refs don't call it, you know, it's it's wide open. I yeah. mean, they they had the the best turnaround in college basketball history. Oh, they did. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. From one year to the next. No absolutely. Doubt. Hey, it was a, it was actually a really fun tournament. It year. was. It was. I know you guys are both hardcore Duke fans. I also like Duke. Um, they were in it all the way up until when did they get eliminated. Michigan State. Michigan State got them. I predicted that actually. Yeah, I did too. I didn't like to predict <laughs> that, but I did. Yeah, you did. Sparty got them, but it was just really exciting because there were teams in it this year that you wouldn't have thought were going to be competitive. Auburn yeah. was really fun to watch. Oh, they were, man. Bruce Pearl has done Phenomenal. wonders, wonders with that program, man. Yep. And Tom Izzo had Sparty poised, mm-hmm. in position, ready to go. They started the year off so bad, too. They did. And then, of course, you had Virginia. You know, and then, of course, you had Texas Tech. Who else at Florida State had a great run? Mm-hmm. That was actually my pick, the win. Of course, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee, who I think will do just as well next year. Y'all watch out for Georgia. Yeah. Hey, they're they're gonna be uh they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with. Tom Green is recruiting years. at a very high level. I'm, I'm, got, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and make a, a bold prediction oh, for next snap. year. Oh, hot take. Oh, Get your hot take. Uh, Georgia's gonna make it to the at least the sweet sixteen next year. I agree. So and, you know, he's got Anthony Antman Edwards coming in, mm-hmm. along with some other five star, four star recruits. He's got a lot of players transferring right now, but that's not because of anything Tom Crean is doing. What these players understand is he's rebuilding this program with a different type player. Right. Tom Crean said as much in part of the season. They were yeah. dropping these really close games, yeah. and he said there are some players here that really just don't need to be here. Right. It was bold to say, and it was pretty upfront and refreshing to hear a coach say, hey, look, I got players on this team that just – they're just not good. And I, I don't think he meant anything towards the players themselves. No, he it didn't mean just, it by malice. It was, it was just, you know, his his way that he that he coaches. Yeah. You know, there, some players just doesn't – they don't fit. It is what know? it is. It happens everywhere. Yep, yeah, it, it is does. what it is. It does. But, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. So, really good am. job picking Red Raiders, man. That was really fun. I was actually kind of – I was rooting for Virginia because it was my initial pick yeah. and because they never won a national championship, neither has Texas Tech. But I kind of wanted the Red Raiders to win just for, <laughs> for JT, but they didn't. That would have been awesome. That would have been fun. <laughs> All right, so 2019 Masters has come and gone. The greatest turnaround in sports history. Was that or was that not fun to watch? It was very – I, it, you know, I'm not a big Tiger fan, and I've, you know, I, y'all talk about that a lot. You know, you jump on my back about it. No, no, I'm not a Tiger fan. Um, Love Tiger. But he just, he was in the zone. He was back in the Tiger, he was Tiger zone. Just yeah. Back, back to Tiger. It's like he changed, you know, he used to be, he used to rely completely on long ball. 
you know, and 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 come in. He would he would hit his you know his short shots. He would stick him and everything. But it seems like he's changed his game a little bit ever since he has that had that uh, injury, um, which he had to because you know he he did, he still hits the ball a long way, but he doesn't he doesn't have the same power. Right. Well, he's older. You know, he's had a lot he, of injuries. But he's getting older, and he's his had a lot of injuries. Spine was fused together. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. the the man, just the caliber of golf that he played, it was just it was unbelievable. Listen, and when I say I'm not a Tiger fan, what I mean by that is, and it's hard in golf, because there's not really anybody that you, oh, God, I hate that guy, yeah. other than Rory Sabatini. I don't know if you ever remember him. Patrick Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Go dogs, Patrick Reed. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, when I say I'm not a Tiger fan, it's not that I dislike him. Mm-hmm. I've always been a Phil Mickelson fan. Ever since I started watching golf, he's just, I've he's, always loved Phil. He's like the fun dad in golf. He is. He, he always is. seems like a really wholesome guy. He just wants to go out there and play golf, tell weird jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, jokes that aren't funny. I also like guys like Bubba Watson. He did take a shot at Matt Kuchar, though. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Though. I like when there's trash talk in golf. That's fun. Uh, that's and, it, and it was against a Georgia Tech, a former Georgia Tech. Player, yeah. So that was, that was even better. But I like guys like Bubba Watson. I love Jason Day. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Johnson. I like guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, I don't really, but Phil's my guy. Ricky Fowler, man. Ricky like Fowler's great. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Roy McElroy's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, you know. Uh, but, Tiger's just the guy. If you don't even have to have ever watched a single round of golf, you knew who Tiger Woods was. Oh, yeah. He was synonymous with the sport. Like Derek Jeter with baseball, LeBron James with basketball. Right now, Tom Brady with football. Everyone knew that Tiger was going to be Everyone a golf knew. phenom when he was two years old. Absolutely, he was, he was yeah. on David Letterman. His story Come is on, amazing. Man. His his competitive nature is amazing. The man's a competitor. Oh yeah, and it's just no two ways about it. And I love watching him getting out there to compete. I've never had a problem with him winning, never. And I got to be honest with you. There's a there was a commercial. I don't know if it was a commercial, if it was just a video somebody posted after he won the Masters. With a bunch of people that kind of just saying, "Oh, Tiger's done. He'll never win another major. He's a we consider him a former golfer, and he's just watching them, kind of smiling." That gave me chills, man. And I got to be honest. Honesty compels me to admit. I was one of those guys that were kind of like, eh, I think he's done. I mean, how could you not, though? Yeah. How yeah, could you too. not be one I of those too. guys? How could you not doubt him? Yeah. You know, right. and again, if I was a true fan of Tiger, I might not have. Mm-hmm. But I'm just a casual fan of the man who has dominated golf in such a way and changed the game. He really changed the oh, game yeah. of golf he's when he come in. He changed the physical. Yes. He's the, the reason a bunch of people play golf absolutely. now. The physical aspect of golf, the, the, the training and the working out and everything. That's more or less what I was talking yeah. about. He changed yeah, the he way changed people that. approach playing golf he hit so long off the tee box but then he would get near the greens 90 yards out 75 yards out and have so much touch Mm -hmm. and then he would get to where he has to chip off the fringe or out of the rough around the green and he just put it right where he wanted it he just changed the game of golf and when you are a renaissance figure in any kind of sport that means something love him or hate him regardless of what his personal life was or is yeah i don't care I've never, you know what I mean? I've never looked up to a sports figure like, I'm wondering what they're doing on Saturday night, what kind of decisions they're making. I don't care. Right. What they do in their respective sport is more or less what I look at. And maybe, you know. And he took all that happening, all that stuff that happened in his personal life, and he kind of changed his his self, too. He did. He's a lot better person now. Yeah. You know the difference between Tiger Woods and a guy who goes and plays a weekend warrior on a golf course who has the same type of problems? Tiger Woods' stuff was displayed all over TV. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and he lost buku amount of money for it. I'm not justifying what he did. It was terrible. It was horrible personal decision, mm-hmm. but it did not affect my fandom or my admiration of him as a athlete. Right. Right. I don't know. I agree. What was even more exciting to me, <laughs> watching Tiger, you know, play the kind of golf that he did, right, was, and I don't have anything against the guy, but it was just fun to watch, was Molinari just implode well he got him back for the way he played at the open last year Mm -hmm. yeah because he's the one who got tiger last year so it was just fun to kind of see that rematch yeah the the expressions on his face was like oh my god man what are you doing yeah (laughs) but yeah that was fun i mean this this year's masters was man it was just absolutely Mm -hmm. oh it was great yep enjoyed that in fact the saturday round when he tied for first we were actually all three of us playing golf yes and let me tell you something listeners Tiger's awful lucky <laughs> that we were not on that field for the Masters. <laughs> You're right about that. That's completely not true. Not at all. If the goal to if the, if to win golf, you had to put the ball in the water in every hole. I win. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No. And, well, the, and the thing that makes this this major more uh, impressive than his other ones is this is the first major he's won in his career that he hasn't had the 54 hole lead. True. Yeah. Where he had, he had to actually come back grind. in a sense. You know, that's what made mm-hmm. it so special. That last putt, when you watch it fall Sunday, he just kind of looked around at the crowd, then he did his, you know. It was just mad. Give me chills. Yeah, it, it was, was really fun. great. Well, it was just like a whole lot of pressure just, just went off his shoulders. Oh, yeah. Just like, hey, I'm I'm back, people. Yeah. I am back. And I believe this is – is this – a start of a legitimate comeback where he go, returns to form and begins to dominate, win tournament after tournament after tournament, and win some more majors? Or is this just maybe an anomaly? I, I think he can go on a run because he's I not even he playing. Run. He's not even playing in another tournament until no. the U.S. Open. Yeah, he's this, taking off. He had laser focus here. Mm-hmm. He realized, I can still do this, mm-hmm. and that is dangerous for the rest of the golf field. Mm-hmm. That Tiger realizes, yeah, I can still do it. Yeah, On the biggest stage that golf has to offer in Augusta, Georgia, I can get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So watch out. All right. Major League Baseball, well underway. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about baseball today. We do. We are. We are going to have an episode in the future that will feature a special guest who knows baseball really well, specifically the Atlanta Braves baseball, because this is Braves country down here where we are. A uh, little bit. It's actually a lot too early to really know who's a contender, who's going to be. You know, in the running for their division for anything, uh, come October, it's a little bit too early to tell. It is. What's not too early to tell is that the Braves bullpen is hot garbage. It's mm-hmm. a dumpster fire, man. It is terrible. They did nothing to fix it. It was terrible last season. Mm-hmm. They did nothing to fix it this season. Let's be honest. Their starting rotation, while solid, still has issues. Yeah. Julio yes. Tehran is the weak link. I know there are a lot of people who really like Julio Tehran. It's not that I dislike him. I just don't th- – I think he's mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. And the Braves – we're all Braves fans here. Mm-hmm. Me, and, me and Statman, we've got our Braves gear on today. And I love the Braves. I grew up watching them. I wanted to play for the Braves when I was a kid. Who doesn't, yeah. right? <laughs> I just I, – I'm so confused as to why the bullpen still looks the way it does. Because, for one – they don't want to spend money. Two, you got back in in Peter Moylan was talking about this the other day when he played. Uh, back in like I think I think he was talking about 
2012 and 2013 when when they were when the Braves were like when they were really good. Yep. Um, he said everybody knew their role. He said every time the phone rang, people knew who was going to get up, who was going to start throwing. They knew what their role was. They knew when they were going to be coming in the game, who they were coming in to get out, and and that was it. He said guys in this bullpen, they have no clue who's getting who's getting the call to to get warmed up. They don't have any clue what kind of pitches they're coming in to throw or who they're coming in to get out. They they just they they have their clueless down there. Well, something's got to give because you can have this dynamic offensive lineup that you have with Ronald Acuña, with Ozzy Albies, with Dansby Swanson right now having a good a great, a good first part of the season. Let's yeah. hope he doesn't implode like he did last season. You got B Mac back in the lineup. Freddie's Freddie's doing his still doing his thing. Got Freddie. You got Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain, has finally started hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. You've got great offensive production at the mm-hmm. plate for the most part, but that's not something. If you know baseball, if you've played baseball, you cannot depend on the sticks. All right. Pitching wins games. Got to have it. And not just starting pitching. we got some good starting pitchers. I'm a huge fan of Tuki Toussaint. Yeah. Mike uh, Fulty. Fulton Mm -hmm. Nevich. I wish Sean Newcomb was better. Sean Newcomb. Let me tell you about Sean Newcomb. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that he still needs to work on before he comes back. Agreed. Um, The move they made with Soroka. Mm Mm-hmm. I think was a very very good move. I did too. Soroka's Soroka's been pitching well. Yeah. Um, Newcomb, if he comes back, I would be more inclined to maybe put him in the bullpen. Well, he pitched out of the bullpen last year in the playoffs, and it worked out pretty well. It did. Yeah. 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 So why not? You know, why not do that? I mean, it, it seems to me that maybe even and you guys can disagree with me all you want, but I thought about this last year when he we started coming in. Tukey, to me. Looks like he could be a really good fit in the bullpen. Well, uh, he 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 belongs in the rotation. He right should, at this he, time, yes. He should he should have made the team out of it. It should have been him instead of Kyle Wright coming out of spring training to yeah. make the yeah. make the rotation. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But Max Fried is playing well. Max I like watching him pitch. It's it's you know you're going to get a quality start out of Max Fried yes. right now. Yeah. And I and I I like Kevin Gosman. I think that was a, a great acquisition last season from Orioles. It was still got some control over him too. Yeah. So, as far as the starting line, uh, the starting rotation goes, it's not bad. But man, after inning five, inning six, mm-hmm. and you've got to depend on that bullpen. You just, you kind of—I was going to say—you kind of don't know what you're going to get. You actually do know what you're going to get. When you got a four-run lead, there's no reason. Yeah. If you turn it over to the bullpen, there's no reason why you should you should give up a four-run lead. No. No reason. Um, but yeah, if if they tweak, if they just do a little bit of tweaking. In that lineup, you know, I mean, I think I think things will I think things will be all right. They haven't it's early enough in the season. They got to make some moves though. God, like Statman said, you've got to spend the you money. You got to spend money. Go get. And they have they have they still have the a top three farm system in the league. I so know. there's there's plenty of talent to ship off and get some get right. some help in in the bullpen and the rotation and in the lineup. If I don't think the lineup needs it, but. No. There, you got plenty of talent to ship off and get some. Help. We have such a great line. I I love every single person, top to bottom, in our defensive field, short of pitching, and in our offense. I love Charlie Culberson. Charlie oh, yeah. Culberson, and he's great. Yes. he seems like a humble guy who just wants to do anything he can to win. He just Yo, come off the bench. I mean, just wide open just man. Clutch. Just clutch. Yeah, I'm a Tyler Flowers fan. Mm-hmm. I like um, 
Johan Camargo, mm-hmm. I think he just he's just man, he's so good. Johan yeah. Camargo should be playing every day over I here in Ciarte. Well, yeah. yeah, I agree. Ciarte is great. Marcakis is great, but they're kind of old in baseball years. Even what? though Ciarte still got the wheels. Ciarte's not. He's I think he's twenty nine now. He's okay. I thought he was a little older. Marcakis thirty four, thirty five. They 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 just need they need to move Acuna to center. Put Camargo on left and just leave it be. I let, don't hate it. Let Enciarte be that kid off the bench. I feel like you know. Johan Camargo is one of those guys that the Braves will eventually shop around. I hope not because I just I love him so much. And he's been clutch. He does it. Man, he's so good. Yeah. He's fun and to watch. He, yeah, he could play anywhere. And then we got, you know, Acuna to me is the most exciting player in, in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. And well doubt. worth the money they're spending on him. Lock him down. Mm-hmm. I think they need to give Ozzy Albies even more money than what they gave him. I think he's worth a heck of a lot more. But maybe we'll, that'll. They just want to stay in Atlanta and play together. That's exactly. Yeah. And that, hey, dude, you gotta love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, all right. So, NFL draft reaction, guys. We've been watching the draft. I've been watching the draft. Mm-hmm. Want to kind of pick brains here, guys? Did we, did we see anything that were surprises? Anything that were kind of some head scratchers? Because I got some head scratchers. The first three picks made one hundred percent to me. Yeah, sense to me. I get it. I agree with them. I think they're great picks. The 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 pick that. That shocked me. I know what with, you're. I know along what you're with everybody say. else. I know what you're going to say. I, I just, it, the Giants, man. <sighs> I cannot believe that they didn't take Haskins. You have the best quarterback on the board, according to some. Fifty touchdowns in one season. According to some, he was the best. I th- I, st- I think he was the best. Accor- I don't think there's an ar- not really an argument. I mean, Kyler Murray's great, but Dwayne Haskins on the board. And the Giants pick Daniel Jones from Duke. Hey, Rex Ryan said that he is the most NFL ready quarterback. I, I out don't. Of those two. No, sorry. I'm like there's there's <laughs> no there's no wow to this boy's game. They say that about no. one quarterback each year, and that ends up being the worst one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that winds up being the bust. They, I really think does. they said the same thing about uh, Sam. What's his name? Sam Darnold. Sam they, Darnold. Say, they said that about Sam Darnold and Who Josh was Rosen. Trash quarterback. I'm sorry. Zero wow factor, Daniel Jones. Zero. Best game was against North Carolina Central. Not even a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's right. He's I think, like he sells cars. Like a, he's like a choir boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to knock his talent because he has some good-looking plays, but when you, <laughs> every time they pick a, a player, if you haven't been watching the draft, they show some highlights. Yeah. Every single one of his highlights, short of a couple runs here and there, his wide receivers were bailing out these kind of just – Toss them up throws. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and they weren't super on target. He's average. He's good. They said he's a better athlete than what you think he is. Maybe he is, but not round one pick six mm-hmm. when you have Dwayne Haskins who threw 50 touchdowns in one season and even, on the board. Even I know Drew Locke wasn't up there. He got drafted in, like, the, what, the third round? Way better. Third round, but he went, yeah, he went to Denver. Will Greer. Will Greer was a better choice in my opinion. Than Daniel Jones. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm not an NFL scout. I don't get paid that kind of money. But to me, it just – and a lot of people tend to agree, it seems like, that was a head-scratcher. It was. The next two picks the Giants take, great picks. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence from Clemson, defensive mm. lineman. And then our boy – DeAndre Baker. DeAndre, DeAndre Baker. Baker, the first defensive back taken in the 2019 draft. Ahead of Greedy Williams. Ahead of Greedy Williams, who's going to the Browns. He got picked up yesterday. Is that right? Round two. The Browns, guys. 
Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> Let's excited. call it what it is I'm, right I'm, now. I'm excited for the season to start to hey, watch them. Hot take right here. The Browns are going to make a run, guys. They're going to win that division. They're going to win that division. I think so. Yeah. You got Baker Mayfield, who's in just – I hated him in college. Not I didn't hate him, but – I disliked him a lot. I, I didn't care for his antics in college until we beat him in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> he was so much but fun now he's just so much fun to watch. And look, guys, Oklahoma. Let's just call it what it is, and let's just let's give him where credit where credits due. Baker Mayfield transfers from where did he come from? Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a walk on at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Goes into Oklahoma, wins the Heisman, and he's first round first overall pick. Kyler Murray transfers from Texas A and M. Same thing. Wins the Heisman. Gets eliminated first round of the college football playoff, just like his boy Baker. First overall pick. Is there a possibility that this same narrative could happen to Jalen Hurts? It is Jalen Hurts now. We're talking about, what, 26-2 and two as a starter? Yeah. I'd, he just wins. That's I'm, I'm grinning right now. You can't see it because I'm so excited about this possibility. All he does is win. And I know we're near an Oklahoma fan, but just think about that story. I know, man. I, That'd be amazing. I am rooting for Jalen Hurts so hard. Not at the expense of Georgia, but I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. That's, that's, that's let me, let me, let me ask you all both this question. Let me throw this out there. Um, do you think all the hype around Kyler Murray is what it should be? Yes. Okay. He is a phenomenal athlete, and I'm, I'm going to reserve any judgment as to whether or not I think he's going to be successful as an NFL quarterback until I start watching him play, and that's a, that's a complete cop-out on my part. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's easier to assess when you start seeing him. What he did on the field for Oklahoma, undeniable. Yeah. And how do you feel if you're Texas Tech and Texas A&M? Oh, God. Letting those two guys walk away. Especially yeah. A&M. Yeah. Especially A&M. Baker Mayfield was a little bit of a problem, I think. And to regards to his attitude, he had the whole thing where he was tackled by the cop. you know. Yeah. But yeah. I think there were other issues at Texas Tech which prompted his exit. But yeah, how do how are you not how are you an Aggie fan, and you're sitting here and you watch him cross the border in Oklahoma, and think, oh my God. Then you're trying to tell yourself, oh, we got Kellen Mond, yay, and <laughs> we got Jimbo, <laughs> we got Jimbo in College Station. All right, so what are some other picks that you guys were like, hey, that makes sense, or wow, that was not what I expected. I expected him to go higher. Wow, he went way too high. You got any of those? Well, I tell you, I tell you. Um, the uh, the stuff that come out about Tyreek Hill, yeah, and was, as soon as soon as it came out, it's like the Chiefs was like, okay, we got to get a playmaker, and we need somebody fast. Went to my boy McCole Hardman. McCole, yep. Um, I think that was a great decision because I don't think with the with everything that come out about Tyreek Hill, I think he's in some major hot maybe water. So. Maybe so. Major hot water. Miko Hardman, I think round two, pick number fifty six. Is that right? Uh, I think he's fifth round. Was it? Fit? I don't think it was. I don't think no, it was that no, late. I think it was round two. It was yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah. Today, today is uh, round three through seven, four through seven. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was third round. I believe. Maybe it was third round. I think it was third round. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's. Uh, how I, about, th- I think Kansas City's gonna love them. How about Clemson? Just oh my God, guys. I mean, they at three. Christian Wil. I love Christian Wilkins. Yeah. He's so fun. Yeah. And I'm glad that – you know, here, here's the best part about watching NFL draft. You love to see your team's players get drafted, especially high. But you watch these kids. They start crying. You would literally – and this is – here, cheesecake alert here. This is going to be really cliche and really corny, but <laughs> you're literally watching these kids' dreams come true. 
Oh yeah, and it's amazing to watch. You, fe- I feel like man, this Christian Wilkins was so he <laughs> was it him that yeah it was him that kind of jumped in one of the chest bump uh, Roger Goodell yeah and he, Roger Goodell he, almost crushed he like knocked him down killed. or something yeah yeah, yeah. It, and it, it's just he's so excited so pumped that was his reaction and then you got some that cry themselves or says they just know I'm able to take care of my family now yeah you don't have to worry about it. it's so much fun to watch so, so um, what about the uh, the Falcons what do you think about their See, picks? I hated those picks to start with I didn't solid pick probably one of the most solid picks that of and. Because I don't even remember the guy's name, but I know he came from Boston College. Boston College. Great, great opportunity here for the Falcons not to keep cutting y'all stats. Nah, nah, you good. They got five possible first-round picks now on their offensive line. I saw a stat of, of, of this guy, and like I said, I can't remember his name either. Um, but he he's allowed like zero, zero sacks, um, zero quarterback hurries, uh, and, and something else. I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, yeah, if you don't if you don't allow anybody to touch your quarterback, which you don't want anybody touching Matt Ryan, you know, because he's getting on up there. Um, everybody knows he's not the most agile no. quarterback. Uh, but yeah, man, shoring up that offensive line, really solid underrated pick. Yeah, it, I, and I think it's I think it, I think it's a, a very wise pick. Um, yeah. So how much longer do the Falcons go before they draft a quarterback? Clock is ticking. Yeah, it's it really is. Matt Ryan is, I mean, face of the franchise. But let's all let's all agree. I mean, the game is changing. Um, you got to be mobile. You got to be mobile nowadays. Um, Tom Brady. I don't I don't know how much longer he's gonna last. Uh, I just quit talking about him because he's always gonna be there. Well, he's like a he's like a gnat. <laughs> Just always aggravated. A well, a well decorated man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the game's changed, man. These 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 defensive guys, man. They're getting faster. Um, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to be able to hold out. These defensive linemen and these edge rushers, these pass rushers that are coming in, especially out of schools like Clemson, like Alabama, Quinn and Williams. Oh yeah, who is. That was God. He's such a good football player. Have one year as a starter with Bama. Man, the, number three overall. The Jets hit the lottery with him. They j- solid pick, and the yeah. Jets don't have a great history of solid picks. No, <laughs> and and we got a buddy, a very good buddy of ours, who's a Jets fan. We're, we're his friend, despite his Jets fandom. I think he's probably pretty happy with that pick. Oh man, he was like chest bumping me yesterday yeah. and all kind of stuff. At but work. to echo the sentiment you're saying. The defenses are so much faster now. Mm-hmm. The defensive linemen, these pass rushers, I mean, especially the guys, like I said, coming out of Clemson, coming out of Michigan, coming out of Alabama. Georgia's starting to produce these pass rushers. Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. middle linebacker. We've got a couple guys right now that I believe when it, their time comes, they're going to be high-round picks. It's you've got to have a quarterback. I'm not saying you got to run. You're not saying you got to have a Michael Vick back there, or but you, you got to have somebody who can move. Yeah. And Matt Ryan, I like him. I think he's a great quarterback. I'm not necessarily a Falcons fan. I don't really claim a fandom to any NFL team. Right. Kind of just tend to watch players. Mm-hmm. But I guess if I was forced to choose, I'd be Atlanta. Even though I kind of like the Saints a little bit. Sorry, but uh, Drew Brees, Sheesh. man, come on. <laughs> 
If it was any other quarterback back there besides Drew Brees, I probably wouldn't care. But it's Drew Brees. He's the guy you want at your picnic. You know, he's just trying to – he's like a cool guy. Not at my picnic. <laughs> anyway, you you have to have somebody who can scramble a little bit. Yeah. And that's where I lean towards Kyler Murray having a fair amount of success. Because look at Russell Wilson. Not exactly the tallest quarterback, but, boy, he's dynamic. Russell Wilson opened the door for all these short quarterbacks. He makes plays. Yes, and it couldn't have happened he to a better guy. It. I'm glad yeah. he got a, a, a highest-paid NFL player right now. Great dude, seems like. And I, I'm just – I'm happy for him. But he, and like Statman just said, he opened the door for these short stature, which Drew Brees, really, you can make an argument he did too. Yeah, yeah he did. But he's not real mobile. Russell Wilson can show if I ain't got a pass – I can scramble out the pocket. Patrick Mahomes the same way. He did that all last year too. So he yeah. he stayed on the run last year. Yeah. So the NFL draft is far from over. There's gonna be a lot of bulldogs taken in the later rounds. Uh, we still got some uh, DeAndre Walker still on the board. Riley Ridley, um, Terry Godwin, Jonathan Ledbetter, Isaac Nauta. Uh, a lot of history was made with this NFL draft. Um, I think in the first round, Iowa had two tight ends taken first round. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Tight end so. university. That's right. Hmm. Tight end you, baby. T- yeah. T-E-U. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, NFL draft, a lot of fun. Still going on. We'll see where some of these other Bulldogs fall. All right, guys. We're going to talk some college football here. Really, really excited. We're getting closer and closer. Wait a minute. I just heard a knock on the door. Was it Dan Mullen? Dan Mullen's coming in. He, he's, showing oh, hey. his, he's showing us his clown shoes. Hey, Danny. <laughs> Daniel. Nah, we're, listen, uh, we're not, <laughs> not going to get too hard on Mr. Mullen down in Gainesville. Mm. Uh, but we do have a few things to say. However, spring games are over. But before we get into spring games, did you see the new overtime rule? Yeah, uh, briefly. Um, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't study it a lot. Um, there's I, not I, a lot. There's not a lot of study. Yeah, I, I saw that and the and and the targeting deal. The targeting, I agree with, but this new overtime rule, Jesus, Statman, do you know anything about it? I haven't read it actually. Okay. I think, and I'm, I think it's like after five overtimes, then the teams that are in overtime then have to go every. They have to do a two point attempt. Well, that that was that was normal anyways, wasn't it? I think it was after like after the third overtime or something like that. They had to. They had to do a two-point conversion. I don't know. Was that the only change? I think that was the only change to this to the overtime rule. But I thought they did. Did they move the yardage back on it? Uh, I don't know if the I don't know if that. Uh, I I I have I haven't read in any into Stat it. Stat gonna look it up yeah. real quick. Yeah. While we're while we're while he's while he's checking that out, one thing I want to. I want to blow up the NCAA on something. Yeah, tee this one up. Now I'm I'm fixing to tee it up. I'm I'm fixing to boom it, boom it, son. This this transfer um, waiver for immediate eligibility. Man, they've they've got to do something. They've got they've got to make a decision, and and make something stand. It's either one way or it's no way. You've got two guys that all they want to do, they, they want to play football. But you got one guy leaving Georgia who was actually 
in line for you know some pretty good playing time this year. Yep. Um, Luke Ford transfers to Illinois because of a sick grandfather. Because of a sick grandfather trying to move closer to him. Well, apparently, where he lives, I think Illinois is in Champaign. Yes. I think his grandfather lives in Cartersville, which is outside of the 100-mile yeah. radius. The same thing is happening to Brock Hoffman. Brock Hoffman. From Virginia Tech. His mother has a brain tumor, mm-hmm. but yet he was denied immediate eligibility because there was reports of her condition getting better. Um, the deal with Luke Ford, he was denied immediate eligibility. Because his grandfather lives outside of the 100-mile radius, and he's not considered what they call nuclear family. Right. It's ridiculous. And Give that, to me, me a break. If you're going to tell me, and this is you at NCAA, if you're listening, you're probably not, but hopefully you get this message. Not somebody. Just, not from us, but from somebody. Don't tell anybody that a grandfather or grandmother means less to someone because they're not nuclear family. That's exactly right. By nuclear right. family, that is defined as mother, father, sibling. It's just the most absurd. It's This whole thing is absurd. I have, listen, made no bones about it. I had no problem with Justin Fields getting immediate eligibility. I had no problem with Tate Martell getting immediate eligibility. What I have a problem with is the lack of congruency that NCAA displays on almost a daily basis. If they... If they okay, Justin Fields, Tate Martell got their immediate eligibility. They they couldn't beat their starting quarterbacks. That, I wasn't going to say that. I don't know. That's what the case is. But the, on the surface, that's what it seems like. They they, t- they took their ball and wanted to go to another playground. Right. So they granted them. You know, they granted them immediate eligibility for that. You've got two kids here that want to want to play football for reasons that, in my opinion. I don't know about anybody else. In my opinion, were is more legitimate than okay. I can't beat this guy's out, so I'm gonna take my ball well, to another playground without question. They're transferring for something bigger than themselves. But look, exactly. Let's take that out of the equation. Jacob Eason, he yeah. transferred from Georgia because he wasn't gonna get starting time. He had Jake Fromm, who just taken the Georgia Bulldogs to the national championship. No fault of Jacob's. You know. Five-star Justin Fields just come on campus. Jacob Eason recognized, hey, I'm probably not going to have the same opportunity here to start. I'll go to Washington. I don't even think he applied for a waiver, did he? He didn't. He, he, didn't. Just under, he just understood the process. He sacrificed a year, and I don't know if he would have applied for the waiver. Would he have gotten it? I don't think he would have. Probably not. I don't know. I, I don't want to assume not. that because he is a high-profile quarterback. He's a five former five-star out of uh, Washington State. So, But the point is, I don't know if if Luke Ford just didn't have a lawyer with this. Maybe he needs to lawyer up. If Brock Hoffman doesn't have a lawyer, they need to lawyer up to get this done. But it's ridiculous that it has to be that. On the positive, they do, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think both of them have lawyers. But why should they have to get lawyers? I, I, These are college I totally kids. Agree. I totally agree, HG. Making decisions that are best for them, not just for them, but like Statman said, this is for their family. Yeah. He's yeah. got a sick granddad. He took a chance leaving the state of Illinois to come to Georgia to play tight end. He didn't leave because he wasn't talented enough. He didn't really stay long enough to even know that. Mm-hmm. Same with Justin Fields. He made a decision. Luke Ford did. 
to be close to his granddad, who, in his mind, in his life, is a staple figure. Right. And someone that means a lot to him, enough to go back and try to play for the University of Illinois. And for the NCAA to make any kind of judgment on anybody in terms of health, what would they even prove you're... They're not a nuclear a part of your nuclear family. No, get out of here. The NCAA has no shame in what they do, and that may be their best quality, JT. Yeah, is that they don't care what anybody thinks. It's but, it's, it's it's the lack of congruency. It just it drives me crazy. It's because they have a monopoly. On Maybe everything. so. I mean, it's, they do good things, but then they do this 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 stuff with this transfer. I I'll go ahead and say it now. I don't like the transfer portal. I don't like the whole free agency in college football. Mm-hmm. I do think there needs to be something for these kids to be able to go somewhere else. But if it's simply because you're just not good enough where you are, yeah, someone's better in front of you, get better. Yeah. Speaking of the transfer portal, Jaden Hunter just entered his name. Yeah, yeah he did. I saw that yesterday. Day. Yep. Yep. UGA legacy there. His, uh, his mom was a college hoops player. His dad played football. Mm-hmm. So. Wishing best of luck. I hope he uh, – that's kind of it was expected, not necessarily him, but we, we expect yeah. some transfers to happen. The roster, the roster is loaded. That's what happens when you start so bringing best in of luck the to recruiting Hunter. like you do. You know, I mean, things are going to happen. Statman, you found the uh, overtime rule, correct? Go ahead and get your swig of water, man. We'll wait. Okay, we're going to yeah. get this overtime rule thing. We're going to get this so in, in spot the, on here. The overtime uh, – new overtime rules, after the, the fifth overtime yep. or in the fifth overtime – they start alternating the two-point conversions instead of starting a new series from the 25. That's what it was. Okay. Do you know how many games this is going to impact? And, and Maybe only, three a year. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this is in response to the Texas A&M-LSU game, a- which, which we by agree, the way, we agree that was like the most exciting. Probably one of the most entertaining football yes. games last yes. year, simply because, Jesus, it's 13 hours later. They're still playing they're still football. They're still playing football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I remember falling asleep that night. Yeah. And then waking up. I they think. had a combined like 914 points yeah. at the yeah. end of this thing. Yeah. But here's what's going to happen. If, even if we do get to a game that's like this, you're going to have a triple option team like Army going up against Navy. They're going to keep doing this. Either they're going to keep scoring every single time. Or neither of them are going to score. Or neither of them are going to score. And yeah. then we're going to be playing three days later. Yeah. This was just a, a rule change that really wasn't that necessary. There wasn't another game last season – that was even near as long as the LSU uh, Texas A&M game. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like penalty kicks in soccer. Yeah, but that's what, soccer. Yeah, but, I mean, there's <laughs> not going to – I get it. I, there's not going to be many games that go that long. But it's just – I the only reason I'm even talking about this is because I still think the NCAA is just a bunch of people who just need to stop. I, 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 think, they, I think they overanalyze stuff way too much. They got to find something for their job title. They did a, they're did. they doing a good job with the penalty or the, uh, the targeting penalty. Yeah. With trying to make it better, yeah. more fair. So I'll give them that. Yeah. But this whole transfer thing and then this overtime rule thing that's really going to affect almost no one, it's just whatever. All right. Do got any more on that stuff, or can we move into no, the spring games? Let's move on. All right, on. spring games. G-Day has come and gone. For those of you who don't know, G-Day is Georgia's spring game. Now, heads up, we haven't really talked about Georgia a whole heck of a lot in regards to length. We mention them every episode, of course. We're going to spend a little bit more time on Georgia today because we love Georgia. So, heads up. Good dogs. There are going to be – we're going to talk about other teams after this, but we, we want to kind of hit 
what we saw as fans from G-Day. Full disclosure, I didn't watch any spring games. Didn't watch any spring games. Nope. So Statman is just simply going to be a audience member. <laughs> he can comment as he wants to go. JT, did you see anything from G-Day that made you say wow in a bad way and wow in a good way? Wow in a good way. Um, some of them guys we co- we we had come in, man. Nolan Smith Jr. for one. Yep. Um, watching him go against Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas. Yeah, it was fun yeah, it was to fun watch, to watch, man. Of course, Nolan Smith is. Of course, great. Yeah, I mean, of course, Isaiah Wilson got got the best of him most of the time, but uh, man, we're so fast. Yeah, so fast. Defensively, we look great now. I don't know how much stock do you put in the spring games. Um, I mean, I, I put some stock in it, especially with getting the young guys, you know, some playing right. time. Um, I don't really put a whole lot of stock in quarterback performances, um, right? Running back performances. Uh, well, DeAndre Swift had very little touches. Yeah, and 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 he looked like DeAndre Swift of yeah. you know what we expect. Brian Harrion though. Brian Harrion is is going to be I believe a he's going to make this last season matter. Yeah. He's yeah. he's going to be a beast. Um yeah. I mean he's bigger. Uh he just runs with a lot of power. Right. Um, you know, and you put you put him in there and who knows? Who knows where Zeus is going to be? You know, when he's going to come in. I think he's going to come in and be just fine. But did you see? I know you did. Did you see the photo of him? Oh uh, yeah. I thought I thought Elijah Holyfield was big. Uh, he is. He's pretty big. <laughs> Zeus <laughs> is a monster. Zeus is a monster. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see him touch the ball and just bruise people. I hope he's healthy, and I think he is. I think by all accounts he is. Um, I don't put a lot of stock in these spring games simply because everything's so watered down. Yeah. Offensively, it's watered down. Defensive hey, schemes are watered. I tell down. you who I tell you who did surprise but, me. Though. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But uh, the mailman Stetson Bennett <laughs> clearly, clearly he's just a competitor. Clearly man. a number two quarterback. Oh, yeah, what? Well, look, Dewan Mathis was fun to watch too. He was. He was great play with the <laughs> <laughs> really cool. Matt Landers <laughs> throws a touchdown pass to our. Possibly QB three. Yeah, really, really cool play. Again, yeah. these these defensive schemes. There's no exotic blitzes. There's not. They're not showing what Kirby Smart's calling habit plays. He even said as as much. Look, we're not showing everything. We don't yeah. want anything on tape. Same with the offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why Jake Fromm's what I'm going to call a below average performance for him. He threw that pick on the first series, which really wasn't his that fault. Wasn't his fault. Eric Stokes, who is going to be a fantastic be a defensive point. back. Yeah. yeah. Just made a great play on Jeremiah Holloman. They fought all game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremiah Holloman's great. I think Matt Landers is going to be great, but I don't put a lot of stock into that. But Stetson Bennett, yeah, clearly he he had some really great passes. One to Brian Harry, and that was just Brian Harry never had to break stride. Did another one. I think it was the was it Holloman? Yeah, Might he threw a touchdown pass to Holloman. Yeah, yeah. So, what were you going to say, Statman? Florida fans. <laughs> <laughs> They they uh they were talking uh about our spring game. No, not, oh, I didn't, not Florida I didn't fans. See it. Yeah, not Florida fans. Surprise, surprise. They were uh they were they were talking about how uh they were you know giving us some flack about how watered down our offense was because we were hyping up Coley. Well, okay. Just because 
you have your little spring game and you got your little antics and whatever. Your, your code uh, uh, attendance yeah. numbers. Whatever you oh want to call it. Your your fun little Danny powwow. Uh we're not we're not gonna show you everything. No no smart school is. So I don't understand what what their issue is and why we're on their mind so much. Who are we talking about now? The gate. Listen, listen. That's the that's the problem right there. Who the we're Gators? Talking about. They, Please don't they, say Gators. I think they they signed or they they made some kind of record. They just like ninety five combined points in two offenses or whatever. They set some yeah, kind of spring game record. Yeah, I didn't realize there were spring game records to crazy begin with. Numbers. Most spring games, their their scores are kind of low, mm-hmm. and it's by design. I think, in my mind, every spring game I've ever watched, it's more tailored towards the defense. Right. How is your number two defense doing against your number one offense? How is your number one offense going to do against your number one defense? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Number two offense and number one defense. I, I don't – whatever. They can talk where they want to talk. I mean, if they if they are looking at our spring game as, it's, as if it's a preview to what we're actually going to do on the field come the fall – Sorry, guys, but you'll get a long, yeah, long season. Picking Jake Fromm apart for, for and he didn't the look great. Let's be honest, he, D- he doesn't look. The only the only game he looked great in as, as in G Day was his freshman year, and that was yeah. because he was going up against the second defense. Right. But this is the guy who's picked you apart the last two seasons. Yeah. He didn't really pick him apart he'll, the he'll first be year. Just fine. But last year. He scored three, what, three passing touchdowns on third down? Jake Fromm will be just fine. I and have no fear of Jake Fromm having a drop-off. Let me. I'll, I'll give Florida a little bit of credit. Watch their highlights of their, their spring game. Felipe Franks. Marked improvement. Looks a lot better. He does. He He's comfortable in the offense. He looked good last spring, too. He – well, I mean, he, his, his, his passes were a little more crisp. Um, showed a little more poise in the pocket. Um, just, I mean, just look, overall, it looked looked a lot better. Yeah, and I got some some in, not intel. I'll tell you why that's going to matter only a little bit, in a little bit with Felipe Franks. But before we get too far, I want to get y'all's opinion on the Kobe Dean. Who are they saying a missile? Basically, further ahead now at this point in his career with Georgia than Roquan Smith was. He's a missile, man. And he's going to be having nothing but years with Glenn Schumann and Dan Lanning to be developed. I'm excited yep. about number 17, N'Kobe Dean. I'm also excited about number 16, Lewis Seen. Did you see him? Yes. He is fast, and he hits hard. Tyreek Stevenson. I'm excited about him. Defense. I mean, this defense, I think, it's, has a lot of potential. Be, yeah, to a be, lot of potential. Yeah. And here's the best unit we have right now, offensive line. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there's no doubt. That's why I'm not worried about Jake Fromm. We are, we are a wall. If if yeah. Jake Fromm gets touched this season, <laughs> I mean, it's it, going to be amazing. That's not even a hyperbole to me. If he if he goes the entire season without getting sacked, I, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I got it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a very legit possibility. How many times does Tom Brady get sacked? Now I'd ran it. It's NFL, but what I'm saying is, is <laughs> they understand to be a great quarterback, you got to have an offensive line. Yeah, and that's what Georgia has. Defensive line was a question mark going in the spring game. I'm not as worried about the defensive line anymore. I think we got a pretty solid defensive line. Linebacker group is solid. We Tate Router, mm-hmm. Monty Rice, Kobe Dean, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, geez, Nolan Smith. I think we're gonna be just fine. 
if if we if we can stay healthy on that offensive line, man, that's that's the only that's the only key. But man, even if we, even but, if we can't, but though. we do have depth. There. We have so much depth that we have kids sitting on the bench right now that are number three, and that's on the depth chart that could start right now. That's a credit to the pit boss, man. That's yeah. a credit to Pittman. That's a credit to Kirby Smart. He understands the lifeblood to a program is without question recruiting. So, no doubt. G Day was a lot of fun to watch. Again, I, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, Jake Fromm didn't look great, but and I was a little critical of him. But at the same time, like, eh, you know what? This is if you want him to look bad, this is where you want him to do it. Yeah. And he hasn't always had great spring games. Most quarterbacks don't. Other spring games, we can go ahead. and That's a good segue. Tua Togo Bailoa did not have a great spring game. No, he didn't. But like I said, what? We don't put a lot of stock into it. No, uh, I, it is what Tua, it is. Tua's going to be Tua. Do I expect uh-huh. Bama to come out and be great? Absolutely. Do I expect Tua to have a drop-off? No. I think they're still going to be a dominant – they're going to be the team in the West. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. I think they have a hiccup. I've already predicted that. I think LSU gets them this year. LSU, LSU look good. I watched some of their highlights yeah. in their spring game, and they, they, uh, they look real good too. They got some, they got some pieces you know, coming in that, that are going to be helpful to them. Yeah. Also. Alabama's going to be just fine. And Saban, he got a brand-new hip. LSU's got two receivers. Two re- <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to just scoot past that. He's got a brand-new hit, fellas. Hey, he can get up and down the All that stomping quick. on the sideline, man, that grinding. <laughs> he's got a brand-new hip, baby. You watch out. Oh, my gosh. HD, you're crazy. Um, but, no, LSU has got two receivers, one like 6'6", six, six, one 6'7". Six, yeah. I'm like, golly, man, come on. LSU, you know, man. And not, not just receivers, man. They, I know Florida likes to claim DBU, and Florida's had great defensive backs, but I really think LSU kind of has a hold on that right now. Yeah. Um, John Emory Auburn, Jr. coming in, too. Oh, yeah, John Emory Jr. I, I'm excited. He was a Georgia commit at one point, yeah. and I was really sad to see him go, but I think he's going to have a great career yeah. at LSU. It's a good pig. I mean, he's right in his backyard. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Wish him nothing but the best. Uh, Auburn has a legit quarterback controversy right now. Yeah, they do. Three really good-looking quarterbacks. You got Bo Nix, who's the incoming freshman, Malik Willis, and Joey Gatewood. I predict Bo Nix will be the starter. Gus Malzahn has uh, quite the situation on his hands. He does. He does. It's uh, a good thing to have, but then again, we saw how difficult that can waters, how to navigate. Those Those are difficult waters to navigate. Yeah, they are. And and I've heard, you know, you, you, you say Bo Nix – I've read stuff, you know, yep. not trolling Auburn or anything like that, but um, just reading certain things, there's a lot of people that are saying Gatewood might get it. And it is a possibility, yeah. absolutely. That's why I say it's a controversy. Yeah. I'm just predicting for yeah. me from what I saw and what I've read, Bo Nix is pretty solid, but Joey Gatewood already has an understanding of the playbook right? and what Gus Malzahn wants from his quarterback. Jarrett Stidham was a great quarterback. He just never fit Gus Malzahn's scheme, Yeah, I don't think. That's my opinion. Um, I'm going to say Florida for the last of this part. <clears throat> I do want to talk about Ohio State because, again, spring game. Don't put a lot of stock into him. Justin Fields did not look good. No, he looked horrible. I still think he's going to be QB1 yeah. at the end of it all. I really do. They don't got really no choice but to make him QB1. That's been to say, this is an interesting position that Ohio State finds himself in where they just don't really have a lot to choose from. They've got three three quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, but what I mean by that is, is at one point they had J.T. Barrett sitting, you know, as a starter, right. and they had Tate Martell sitting on the bench and Dwayne Haskins. Then t- J.T. Barrett moves on. You got Dwayne Haskins, Tate Martell, who was I'm, a five star, unproven, but still a five star who knew the playbook. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is here, and you got to give him a little bit of of uh, 
a leeway here because he's learning yet a whole nother offense. You know, he, he didn't ever learn Georgia's offense. Now he's having to learn Ohio State, Ryan Day's and Ohio State's offense. And I'm I'm going to say, if I'm Ryan Day, me personally, I, I'm, I want to keep the guy and make him the starter who sat behind guys like JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. Absolutely. <laughs> who learned, who, who yeah. sat there and learned and, and learned everything behind those two guys. Right. I, I, that's who I want to be my starter. But, I mean. He's in Miami now. Whatever. What I what I heard from from some of the some of the people, the Ohio State fans, and read about it um, on Twitter. Same problem with Fields. Can't read defenses, man. I did see a lot of that as part of his assessment, but at yeah. the same time, he's a, he's he's a good athlete. I think he's going to be QB one. He'll be just fine. I don't think. Here's a hot take: Ohio State, they're going to have a drop off. They're not going to be the dominant Big Ten team like they have been in years past because of this. Yeah. And that's no fault to Justin Fields. Right. You know, I just I, – I don't think I'm, – I'm rooting for him just because I predicted him to be a Heisman Trophy finalist <laughs> or, or candidate. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I want him – and I do want him to do good. I do want him to do good because I think he's a great athlete, but I do think he's having more trouble with – the things like reading defenses, understanding offenses, especially if they get too complex. Yeah. Because Harrison High School, where he's from, and Kennesaw, or Marietta, wherever it was, they didn't run a really super complex offensive scheme. Mm -hmm. Georgia does its pro style, Ohio State's pro style. So I think he is having trouble with that, but that's not to say he won't get it. Right. He's got to study it, man. Yeah. So still no clear QB1 at Ohio State. Not a big deal. I believe come fall you will have – Justin Fields is QB1, and they will be competitive. Uh, speaking of competitive, Oklahoma, we've already kind of touched on Jalen Hurts. Are we possibly looking at this year being the Jalen Hurts-Heisman campaign? I mean, why wouldn't it be? I think so. Yeah, I think there's going to be a be? lot of quarterbacks in there. Jake Fromm's going to be one. I think he's just start off as a favorite just because he plays for Oklahoma. Yep. I mean, he, he might. And you got Jalen Hurts is going to be one. Tua's going to be one. Jacob Eason might even be one. I mean, there's going to be several quarterbacks, as there are every year. But I think just – and I've said this before we in private. I think I kind of hinted at it earlier. Not at the expense of Georgia, but how exciting would it be if Oklahoma and Bama met in the playoff? Yeah. I mean, I and that's a storyline you heard a lot of people talk about because it's obvious. It's an obvious potential storyline. Could happen. Oh, my God. How much fun would that yeah, be? It could happen. Oh, man. It would be exciting, man. I, I, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he did great things for Bama. He stuck he, around. He man. held in there for as long yeah, as he could. He, he learned. Now he's at a place that's going to be really conducive to him being successful with Lincoln Riley in that offense. He's got Jaden Hazelwood to throw to, among others. So I, I, I'm excited about Oklahoma. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to go into the Florida. Let me start with some praise. They look good at their spring game. Felipe Franks. And let's let's be honest, Dan Mullen, year one, marked improvement. Really good improvement. They played some good football. They, they played play, some bad football, but they also played some good football. Didn't they play duck duck goose on one of their touchdowns? Possibly. I don't know. I think they did. I didn't really did. watch a whole lot of Florida games. I watched a lot of highlights uh when they existed, but you know, and they did. And Felipe Franks showed a lot of improvement. He's showing even more improvement in the spring with 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 the uh, the spring game and the spring practices, 
They've got some weapons on wide receivers, a lot of good wide receivers. Uh, defensively, I think they're struggling a little bit. I think they lost a lot with the NFL. Yeah, they did. Um, their weak point is quite obviously the offensive line. Yeah, definitely. You could And you could see some of that in, in the spring. Yeah. Spring and, again, Felipe Franks is a great athlete. He can throw it a mile. He's getting more accurate. He's more comfortable in the offense. I think he's going to have marked even more improvement this season. Mm-hmm. However, he will not hit his ceiling because of the offensive line. Yeah. That will be what stifles him getting to elite level. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, you know, watching, like I said, watching the highlights that, that I did, I mean, you can see the offensive line just – don't have a lot of size. Not great. Yeah, don't have a lot of size. No experience. Um, no experience, and uh, I mean, you could just you could just tell, and yeah, you just you can't you can't contend if you don't have an offensive line. Yeah. So they got a lot of offensive weapons. Though. L- L- Lamical P Ryan. Yeah, Lamical Michael Lamical P Ryan. P Ryan. Really good athlete. Yeah, he's good running back. Going to cause some you know some trouble for some defensive lines, but. He's going to have to make those plays on his own for the most part because, again, this offensive line is just – it's a glaring, glaring weakness. Mm-hmm. But Felipe Franks, look for him to make some stellar plays because he's going to have to. Yeah, I think is. he's going to have to. All right, so <laughs> let's let's talk about Dan Mullen. Oh, Lord. Um, because I, I, this – I wish this was a different coach. I really do. I wish this was. But it's not. It is what it is. I know we're Georgia fans, so this isn't going to come from a place of objectivity – at least on, on the listener standpoint, because they're like, well, of course you feel this way. You're a Georgia fan. Why would you talk so much trash about someone you have never beat? Never. Now, I'm not talking about Georgia. I'm talking about Kirby Smart. Yeah. Now, I understand Kirby Smart. He's only faced Kirby Smart as a head coach twice. He's lost both times. He only scored 20 points in both of those games combined. Whereas Kirby has... Was it 67 combined points that he put up against you with his offense? All right, listen, it's okay to talk trash, but not against a team or a coach that you've never beaten. Just drug you through the mud both times. I I just don't understand. And and I know what they're going to say. Oh, you got the Florida guys. They're living rent-free in your head. No, it's like, come on. It was close close in the fourth quarter to the fourth quarter. Dan Mullen can (laughs) talk trash about Florida State. Talk of it, because you can. Yeah, you can even talk trash about Miami, possibly. (laughs) Talk it, because you can. But you can't. Dan Mullen can't even talk trash about the University of Kentucky. No. As a Florida coach, because he got beat. It took three and a half decades for them to beat Florida, and they do it on Dan Mullen's year one. Mm -hmm. He can't even talk trash about Missouri, because Missouri has had Florida's number these past few years. He can talk trash about LSU. But he's choosing Georgia, and I don't understand because Georgia's had no responses. Eh, whatever. Yeah, that's we'll, effect, yeah, we'll wait till they October. Just, they're just posting everything on the bulletin board. Yeah, and he's giving it to him, man. And here's what here's fire, man. talk trash. I, okay, fine. I, I can see sports is about trash talking. Fine, do it. But here's the problem I have with all this. He backpedals a lot. Oh yeah. When he was originally asked about, because he says, you know, yeah, I like to have fun with the spring game attendance numbers. Ha, ha, ha. It's fun. I like mm-hmm. to do it. So a reporter asked him, hey, is there anything significant about the spring game number this year? He said, no, yeah. Yeah, there is. Check it out. Let me know what you find out. Ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's a riddle. Well, somebody figures it out. Not a Georgia fan, by the way. It was a Florida fan on Reddit. 
I don't even know what Reddit is. Yeah. But somebody figured it out. It was 39 years since Georgia won a national championship and 400-some-odd games they've played in between that time. Well, then when asked about them, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. That's that's weird. That's that's random. I don't know. I had nothing to do with that. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Georgia fans are just upset. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, Dude, And then he chuckles on. about it. Come on. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. You know what he you did. And you know what? Hey, he, he took what was really a really good troll – with that attendance name number, and then completely ruined it by denying it after he prompted people to look for it because he knew it was there. Yeah, exactly. And then he's doing a bad penalty. Oh no, I didn't know that. Wow, that's interesting. That's why people's giving him a clown face, man. Yeah, that and uh, look, he's going to have some success. How about the how about the uh, about the, the 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 home and the home series? He's calling the the world largest co- outdoor cocktail party. Right. Well, he's game he's calling. Any game they play in the state of Florida, a home game for them mm-hmm. because they're the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. So that means when they go to Tallahassee, it's a home game for Florida. If they go down to Miami or when they play Miami and Orlando in August, it's a home game for Florida. No, it's not. You know, and you know it's not. The, especially the Georgia-Florida game is split 50-50 almost every year. I never paid attention when he was at Mississippi State. I just don't remember him doing stupid no, he probably I almost, almost said something bad right then. I had to catch. Yeah, myself. no, I mean I don't know. And you know what? He had moderate success in Mississippi State. I've never taken that away from me. But it was moderate. It was average at best. It was no better in his time than the time the coach that had it before him. He it, wasn't that much. He wasn't that much of a clown, though, man. I, I, it was I probably know. probably aimed at Ole Miss. Yeah, he, I think he did troll Ole Miss several times, but that's probably why it wasn't anybody on this side. We just really don't care. Yeah, but was it that? Was it this? Bad? It wasn't. It wasn't this this bad. It wasn't. Yeah. And the, here's the other part of the problem I have with this. When they were talking about, they had a, a reporter ask him, "Hey, look what Georgia's doing with these with these series with Florida State." And it's not just Florida State; it's Texas. It's you know we're working with Oklahoma yeah. now. It's Virginia. It's Clemson. Yeah. We're working with these Power Five power teams five. Yep. to make our team better. And Dan Miller's response is, "Well, we play Florida State every year. They're trying to catch up to us, I guess." Florida State right now is worse Daniel, than Georgia Tech. Danny, Daniel, <laughs> come on. Now, hey, I get. Yes, you do play Florida you State play every Florida year. State. I get it, but you refuse to leave the state of Florida to play anybody else. It's been like since ninety something, ninety six, since they've done it, since they've left. Yeah. yeah, they're playing Miami, in Florida, which is a home game according to Dan. <laughs> I okay, so I do nothing but laugh. what what I don't understand <laughs> is is what and these reporters are like yeah, but Georgia's that's not just Florida State; they're also doing Oklahoma. And Dan's like, well, I guess we could replace Florida State with Oklahoma. That probably won't go. <laughs> that's not what he's saying, man. <laughs> he's saying dump one of these other, you know, Devry University, whose campus yeah. is right next to the Quiznos in the mall in Gainesville. <laughs> get rid of that and put in a Power Five team. Yeah. Go to Texas. Go to Oklahoma. Go to Ohio State. It's just it's not. He's like, oh yeah. If know. you want respect, man, you gotta you gotta get out there and earn it. He's just like, we play Florida State every year, so yeah. you know we're good. They're trying to catch up to us because we have the hardest. They do have a tough schedule. They do, but so does Georgia. Yeah. So does Vandy. God, so does Vandy. <laughs> you know, because yeah. they're terrible. But <laughs> Daniel, come on, dog. Damn. I mean, again, Damn. I know this Damn. isn't this Damn. isn't coming at from an objective standpoint as I'm a dog fan, but you gotta admit, Florida fans, it's getting a little. All right, no, dude. Because here, here they, they back it up. Here's what's going to happen, though. If they don't start, then there are some. We've seen it. We've seen some on Twitter. Me and Statman, mm-hmm. guys are like, I don't know what he's talking about here because he's not done anything. Mm-hmm. He's zero nine against Kirby, ever 
He's never beaten a team that Kirby's been a coach on. Some of his own fans will hype it. Really yeah, you better calm down. Because here's calm what's down, going to happen. Down. And you got the zealots that are coming in like, yeah, Dan, he's, he's our man. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen when you roll in to Jacksonville and you get curb stomped again, again. are those same fans going to be like, okay, maybe he should shut up probably and develop his players? Or what's that happens when he goes 7-5 and five this year? Because he doesn't beat the people he's supposed to beat. I don't know. I don't – it's hard to say. We're way too early. I don't want to get too hard on Florida. But at the same time, it's like, all right. Reel it in, guys. Reel it in a little bit. Yep. Focus. Reel it in. Because somebody asked – Dan Mullen – or not Dan Mullen. Kirby Smart was on a radio show, and they asked him to respond to it. And Kirby was very succinct. He said, huh? I'm glad they feel comfortable talking about that. That was his response. Yeah. He has no response to that nonsense. His response will be on the field. With the pads. With the pads, with the helmets. Mm-hmm. I, can't, again. I can't wait for that handshake at midfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I don't know. Y'all got anything else on Daniel? Uh, I think you covered it all. Yeah, buddy. I'm sorry. Listen, Florida fans, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to – I hope you don't get mad because – it is what it is. I'm just calling it. It is what it is. We're realists. Yeah. I mean, listen, if Kirby Smart was doing that and he had no reason to, like, he could. Kirby Smart can talk trash about it because he's done it. Oh, but yeah. he's not. So maybe that's just the different mindsets of the coaches and where the programs are at, but whatever. All right. So we got a little special segment. We're, we're, we're coming towards the end of the program. But before we end it, I want to talk about a – our personal top tens. And I think we all approach this from different metrics and have different reasons behind this. And I think mine may be a little more controversial. Yeah. From, from talking to you earlier. Yeah. Yours is way off. Okay. (laughs) Well, who wants to start? Go ahead. Stat man. You started out. See what you got. All all of this, this isn't, this isn't post post spring game. This isn't, I mean, this is all based off of off the end of last year. Sure. So you come at yours with a little bit more of a numbers based approach, possibly. Yeah, it's, it's returning players, who's coming in. Gotcha. Who's replacing who and stuff like that. Um, number one, Clemson. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Bama. Four is Oklahoma. Five is Texas. Six, Ohio State. Seven, Michigan. Eight, Texas A and M. Nine, Oregon, and ten, Florida. Wow. All right. Pretty solid. That's interesting. And I did I did You have Georgia ahead of Bama. Yeah, I do. That's that's Pork, a, why? It's a little it's a little bit of heart. Sure. Uh, and number two, I just think I think this is the year that we get them in Atlanta. Because talent on on field talent, I don't I I'm not you know, 'cause Alabama Nick Saban. Yeah. But yeah, on field talent hip, remember now. On <laughs> On-field talent is pretty much equal now. Right. It's going to come down to coaching. It's it's all about coaching. Um, yeah. And you know Alabama turns over coaches like they flip pancakes. Yeah. But I, th- I think this is the year that we get them. I, th- I find it also interesting. Did you have LSU on there? I didn't have LSU. I find it interesting you have A&M on there, eight, but mm-hmm. not LSU. LSU still has Joe Burrow as their quarterback. So you think Texas A&M will be number two in the West? Yeah. I I think they'll they're, they're gonna lose, I like it. Yeah, I, they're they're gonna lose three games this year. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the I like the pick. So, Jason, JT, um, mine's a little similar to his, uh, but I've got I've got a couple of different ones. Um, 
And I did not, or do not, I don't have Georgia in my top ten because, you know, I don't want to be a homer. Right. But just so to keep the people, you know, in check with my with my Georgia heart here, I would have them somewhere between two and three. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. All right. So leading off with Clemson, of course, national champions, um, Bama, mm-hmm. and I've got LSU, okay, Texas, Oklahoma, Michigan, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I have the Domers at eight, Florida at nine, and I struggled with the number ten. Um, particularly from from the way they performed last year, I I I picked Texas A and M at ten, but I struggled between them and Wazoo. Yeah, I, I yeah because Wazoo, they've they've got they've got a quarterback coming in who, like, was like the best quarterback in the FCS. Yeah, um, won all kind of awards or something like that. Um, really highly touted. Uh, and I think they've still got pretty much all of the pieces of their puzzle coming back. I think they they've do. Got like eight eight yeah. people on offense or something, and six on defense. Um, but I, I've got Texas A and M ten ahead of them. I agree with that, just because Wazoo just doesn't play the type of competition A and M plays. Right. And A and M's got to have Clemson again this year. Yeah. So. So yeah, I, t- I took that in consideration. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just for just my Georgia fans, man, I've 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 got us, you know, around the around the two or three slot. I got you. <laughs> I, I tell you, my top ten is a little more erratic, and it's, it it doesn't come from any numbers standpoint. It comes from a personal, selfish. These are the teams that I I think are going to be fun to watch because of the new quarterback they got, because of the new coach they got because their schedule is favorable or because they just have a fun schedule or because they simply have nothing to lose. Right. And that's kind of where I came at from mine. Heads up, Georgia's not on mine either. And I, Clemson's not on mine. Okay. Bama isn't on mine because I didn't come in as from a who I think is going to win it all or be you. a contender for it all. Some of these might be. But I got to start – and this is really in no particular order either. So it's not mine's not really a top ten. It's just a ten. Interesting take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm going with right out the gate Washington Huskies. Okay. Because of Jacob Eason. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not clear that Jacob Eason's actually going to be QB one. He's still uh, going up against Jake Hayner, and hasn't separated himself mm-hmm. from Jake Hayner, who's a sophomore. But I believe at the end of it all, Jacob Eason will be QB one, and he's going to have a stellar season. And I'm excited. I hope he does. I really hope he has a lot of success. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, number two, again, no particular order. It's just how I wrote them down. Oklahoma, I've already established because of Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Oklahoma. They're always fun to watch anyway because of their offense. But I think Jalen Hurts' element to the story makes it even more fun. Mm-hmm. Texas, number three, Sam Ellinger. I think Texas isn't back the way they want to be back just yet, but they're back enough to mess up somebody's season, quite possibly Oklahoma's. I watched a little bit of their spring highlights. Did you? I I didn't. Yeah. Did they look good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look good. Physical football team. Mm-hmm. Tom Herman's a good coach. I expect Texas to wreak some havoc this year. 
and, and quite possibly be in the conversation for the playoff towards the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, here is a prediction that I have, hot take right now. Michigan finally cracks the playoff. They're number four. They own the Big Ten this year. I believe that because I think Ohio State, again, as I established, is going to have somewhat of a down year. Penn State may be the only reason that Michigan doesn't. But Michigan, I believe, cracks the college football playoff this year. They finally get in. Shea Patterson's coming back. They've got a still going to have a solid defense. They did lose Rashawn Gary to the draft, but they still have a lot of pieces in place. Mm-hmm. And Jim Harbaugh, what does he have to lose at this point? He's got to do something. He's got to. He's got to. This is now or never. We established that on one of our previous episodes. We did. Now or never for Jimmy. Here's one that's another. That's a lot of fun, and this comes into the category of what do they really have to lose? Mizzou. Brand new quarterback. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Phenomenal athlete. He's going to cause a lot of problems in the East. I believe Mizzou will be number two in the East. I don't believe they beat Georgia because they got to go to Athens to play Georgia this year. But I do think they pretty well win every other game. Yeah. Now, they still have the sanctions against them, but they can't have a postseason, which I think is ridiculous. Another NCAA incongruency with yeah. the way they've handled Mizzou. We'll save that for another time. Hopefully, Mizzou can get out of this and get it appealed and overturned. But they have nothing to lose. Right. Their whole role this season is win, 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 and wreck somebody else's season. And as to me, that's going to be some. That's going to be fun to watch. It is. Um, here's one that's a head scratcher: Florida State. Again, what do they have to lose? Mm. They have nothing to lose. I don't think they're going to win. Past seven Anything. games. <laughs> they may not. They may have a 500 season. But Willie Tadder is finally putting together a pretty good recruit class. He's got some good coaches. I think he's got some pieces falling into place. Y'all watch it for Florida State. They're yeah. going to ruin somebody's season. I hope it's Florida's. But we'll see. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be fun. But we'll see. But I think Florida State, for whatever reason, they're going to have themselves not a special season, but it's going to be one of those like, oh, wow, okay. Willie's getting it figured out. Mm-hmm. Here's another one that I think, again, nothing to lose. Miami. Yeah. Tate Martell, he's running out of time. He's got to get it done. Manny Diaz, brand new coach. Brand new coach. I think Good when, coach. when – yeah, and Miami has the, this uh, – that's August 24th now, I think, matchup with Florida. They kind of have the similar problems. Now, they don't have a seasoned quarterback right mm-hmm. now in Tate Martell, but they have offensive line struggles. But their defensive front seven is actually pretty good. Yeah. And it's going to cause some problems for some other teams in the ACC. I think they're going to cause a lot of problems for Florida. I think Miami is one of those, hey, what do we got to lose? Let's go get it done. Here's a team that I think is number two in the West, LSU. Yeah, I, I think I, I predicted LSU to upset Alabama this, this regular season coming up 2019. I still think that happens. Ed Orgeron's got himself a new athletic director. Joe Oliva's gone. So – We'll see how that affects the team, but I think Edo has the keys to this team 100%. He's going to lead them, and he's going to do really good. I think they're going to have possibly an 11-1, 10-2 regular season. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I was – I think I had them at three. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking 11. So many one. offensive weapons. Defensively, they're great. I mean, they don't have Devin White anymore, but they you know they don't have Greedy Williams anymore. Or Delpit. Or Delpit. But they still have uh, – they recruited well. Yeah. Edo recruited really well. John Emery Jr. Joe Burrow. Yep. <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> he 
beat us. All right. Year. Yeah, he did. Like a drum. <laughs> he didn't beat us. Well. LSU beat they they uh, they they beat us bad. Yeah, he made they some, got us. He made some he made some good throws in that game. I also have the Gators at number nine, and I'll tell you why. Not because I think they're going to win a bunch, because I don't think they do. Seven and five. I like their schedule. Yeah. I think it's a really fun schedule. Again, they play Miami right out the gate in Orlando, home game for Daniel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just a home game. I don't think Miami beats Florida, but I don't think. Miami lays down the way Florida expects them to. Yeah, I think Florida expects to go in and win forty-two to nothing. I think it's more to be more of a 24-14, 31-21 type score. And the equalizer here is both teams have just abysmal offensive lines. Yeah, I think Miami's going to give them a handful. I do, I do too. And I think the fact that Felipe Franks is a little more seasoned than Tate Martell, and they have a little bit better defensive front than Miami, that's where Florida pulls away. I think Florida wins. But not by much. Right. And there's going to be some eyebrows raised. Okay, maybe not. Then they play Tennessee Martin, obviously at home. Then they go on the road to Kentucky. Then they play Tennessee in the swamp. Towson in the swamp. Auburn in the swamp. That's a loss. Then I don't think I don't think they beat Auburn. Yeah, I don't think so. Then they go on the road to LSU. Here's where the season starts falling apart. LSU gets them in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Then they play South Carolina in Columbia. That's going to be a toss-up game at this point, I believe. You got, uh, what, 10-year starter Jake Bentley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had his 35th birthday, I think, last week. Yeah. Yep. Happy birthday. Signed there. up for life insurance. Mm-hmm. It was a good day. AARP. Yep. <laughs> then, of course, World's Largest at the Cocktail Party of Georgia. Right after Georgia, they play Vandy in the Swamp. Then they go on the road to Mizzou. Mizzou gets them, my opinion, my prediction. And then, of course, they end the season with Florida State, who comes to the swamp. And at this point in the season, at that point in the season, nothing to lose. there's nothing to lose for Florida State. There still may be something. There may not be nothing to lose for Florida at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's in the swamp. So that's kind of a toss-up game. Who knows how that's going to work. But I just I don't see a lot of win. I see they have a winning season. But I just don't think they're going to beat Auburn. Yeah. It's a tough. I mean, it's a tough stretch of schedule. It really is. It is. It's not a great out of conference schedule. So we're looking. We're looking at what four losses there? Eight and four season. I'm looking at one, two, three, four. Yeah, eight four and loss. four. I'm looking at an eight and four season. I'm looking at regression. I think and Miami has a chance to beat them. They and they might. They Honestly. definitely have a chance. You know who else I think has a chance to beat them? I think South Carolina has a chance to beat them. So they, you could be a six and six, seven and five team, or at, at least, you know, coming into the game of Florida State, you may that may be a make or break for your season. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the questions for Dan Mullen will come rolling in. Yep. Like, wow, maybe you shouldn't talk so much, and actually get something done on the field. Otherwise, let's you know, I mean, at least he's not, you know, spooning with sharks on a boat. <laughs> naked so there's that <laughs> I miss Jim McElwain uh, yeah and number 10 on my list I also have Oregon as I think Justin Herbert coming back for a senior year they recruited really well mm-hmm. they're probably outside of Washington going to be the Pac-12 team to watch out for mm-hmm. uh, they're usually a lot of fun to watch anyway again defense isn't exactly their strong suit but they have a pretty hot taint offense yeah and i got an honorable mention if you will allow me to do that go ahead 
Kansas just because of Les Miles. <laughs> How do you not look? Dude, he's hey. back. I'm so excited for Les Miles. I, you know, it worries me, though, with Les because he's not having any grass to chew on. I mean, he has a shift they, in. They, he have, they, shift have, in. they have artificial. You, yeah. can, you can chew on rubber pellets. Yeah. Mm. He'll have a shift in. Look, maybe they'll change the field. And make there's no expectations for, for for less miles in Kansas. He has got it made there. Yeah, you can go six and six, go bowling, and they're happy. Oh, dude, they're ecstatic. But I don't think they're going to go six and six, man. I think he's going to – it may not be this season. He's going to find a way to start putting together some eight and fours. He'll, Maybe even a nine and three season. He'll he'll start he'll start recruiting. The especially, man can recruit, especially in the Big Twelve. The man yeah. can recruit. Yeah, he'll start and he's recruiting. a lot of fun. He's a charismatic guy. I'm just I'm happy for for Les, and I think it's going to be a great the Mad Hatter. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great element. So. Yeah, Mac Brown at UNC. Mac Brown's back. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of fun. A lot of excitement to come, fellas. All right, guys, we're going to start closing out the show. Had a great time talking to you. Know we went a little long today. Appreciate you coming back and listening to the dropouts. Check us out again on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us, like us, leave us some comments. We're pretty active on Twitter, especially when there's stuff going on like the NFL draft. And uh, we just we try to have a, a pretty strong presence there. Again, find us wherever you wherever you find your podcast. Just subscribe to our channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Wherever it is you get your podcast, just subscribe so you can see when we have new content released. Again, thank you to JD's Landscaping and Irrigation for the sponsorship. I'm Hunter. I'm JT. Live life to the fullest. God bless. This is Statman. Peace out and go dogs. That's right. Love and light. Go dogs. We'll see you next time. <laughs>